Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A Tribe Called Red is an inventive DJ collective based in Ottawa, Ontario. The trio consists of Ian DJ NDN Campo of the Nipissing First Nation, Tim Toolman Hill Mohawk of the Six Nations of the Grand River, and Aaron Bear Witness Thomas of the Cayuga First Nation. The band's third and latest album is a stirring one called We Are the Hallucination, which is out now via Radicalized Records and was nominated as a shortlist contender for the 2017 Polaris Music Prize. A few days ago, A Tribe Called Red met with me in Toronto to discuss each and every song on We Are The Hallucination, and it was a revealing and insightful conversation about its multi-layered concept, the album's many esteemed guests, and A Tribe Called Red's collective state of mind since ascending as one of Canada's most vibrant and significant bands. Sponsored by Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, Granddad's Donuts, and Hello Fresh Canada, this is A Tribe Called Red on the 347th episode of Creative Control with your host, me, Bish Khanna. Tribe Call Red, thank you so much for making time and being on my show. It's nice to see you all. Uh, Bear, how's it going? Not too bad. Yeah, good to be here. And Tim? Yeah, it's awesome to be here. It's nice to have you here. And Ian? 
Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> it's it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. You guys drove all the way from Ottawa mm-hmm. to an under we're in an undisclosed location right now. <laughs> uh, you can tell by the decor, right? It's like yeah, anything it's could a, happen to a, any a, of us, and bunk, no one would know. It's pretty bunker esque, yeah. <laughs> which is a good sign for these <laughs> <Yeah>. times. I think. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. We are prepared. If anything goes down, yeah, <laughs> we'll be fine. Uh, we're going to talk extensively about uh, this laughter. This <laughs> we're going to talk extensively about uh, we are the hallucination in a moment. But I want to go back uh, to the moments uh, before the conception of this record because, as a musical artist, if you're lucky, you'll make a record that changes your lives or your life. And I think it's fair to say, Nation to Nation probably changed your lives significantly. So I kind of want to go back to the end of that cycle, the end of the mania, (coughs) if you will, of promoting and touring behind Nation to Nation and your mindset going in to starting to make tracks for this record. Because I imagine a lot of that experience would inform where you went next. So I'm looking around the table. This is a big question. I can tell. <laughs> I want to start with Bear. I think Bear should feel this first. <laughs> yeah, well, as uh, many people probably know, we had a change in people in the group in that's between true. these records. So that's really where this record started, was with starting to work with Tim. Uh you know, one of the first meetings that we had with Tim joining after he had joined the group was, okay, what what are we gonna do about this album? Right. Because we were we had been about, I would say almost a year into making an album with uh, with Dan. This so is DJ Shub, who yeah. was a, a turntablist as well as a producer. Yeah. Yeah. So we had to leave the idea that we were working on, and start from scratch on something completely new with a new member who, uh, you know, Tim was a friend. He was somebody that we had done so, a small amount of work with, you know, like a, a week probably in the, in the studio with, uh, with uh, Oka in, uh, in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. About, what was that, probably about six months before that? Yeah, yeah, in like um, September or October, I think, we got together and uh, worked with Oka, and I was in Winnipeg when they were in, in the city. Okay, yeah. but you're not from Winnipeg, Tim. No, you're from Ontario. Yeah, right. Okay, you just happened to be just happened to happen to be in Winnipeg. Happened to be in Winnipeg. I see. Okay, but we we ended up having a meeting in Ottawa. Like we, uh, we actually it was the, the starting of the way that we made this album was the the Walter White approach to recording, where we <laughs> were renting Airbnbs wherever we could and recording in the basements of them. Uh, Interesting figurehead to follow. <laughs> <laughs> we had to all bring t- in all of, all the equipment <laughs> yeah, and you know, set up like our own little studios. Kind of Heisenberg, this record. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It was like I wonder if the people who were renting these houses know what's going on <laughs> in their basements. Yeah, huge tarps <laughs> over the track red labs. Yeah. Okay. But that that first time that we brought Tim in uh, and myself and Ian and uh, well our, our road manager Buddha was there as well. And then um, another big uh, part of putting together this whole project, uh, Saul Guy, was there with oh, us. Oh, Saul. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we all sat down and just really kind of put all of the pressure of production aside and just spent some time all getting to know each other yeah. and, and just talking about where we wanted to go and what we wanted to get out of this mm-hmm. next album. Right. So it really, this whole album came from a very centered and direct place that was saying like okay let's create something that is bigger than what we've 
done in the past. Uh, Ian, you're, I think externally, the, the Tribe Club Reddit are, are thought of as three producers. Mm. With Dan leaving, um, how did that alter your approach to music making? I mean, by what Barry's saying, his absence felt like it was going to be, you know, that was going to be a hard person to replace. Mm. Luckily, you have Tim here, but, <laughs> you know, is, is that perception accurate? Where is it an equal, three equal people coming up with the sound of a Tribe Called Red? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, we all kind of grew up and have our own flavors, and you definitely hear it in uh, in the different songs and the different productions. You can hear, like, who put in what, and it's it's interesting to listen back to it and hear, like, what made it and what got cut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tim replacing DJ Shove, was that daunting for you? Uh, it wasn't necessarily daunting. It was just more of, um, it was just really important to keep the name um, A Tribe Called Red um, going and evolving. Yeah. So uh, I've I've known these guys for a minute, you know, like previous to that. And, you know, like I became fans a fan of them yeah and then yeah and then and, you know like we even spent some time like in the studio like bear said we spent some time doing that and we actually spent time in my studio as well like you know like we 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 really bonded like previous to me joining but when i joined it was um it was a it, I, it was a lot on the plate for sure it was yeah. like you know like to take the tribe sound and me becoming a part of it you know like that was the hardest part so it was basically like three years of me being around, you know, the most amazing DJs, yeah. you know, and like, and hearing new sounds and new genres and um, electronic music in general, like being around it, like every day, all day. Is that your background? No. No. My, my background is like hip hop and R&B. Right. And, you know, I produced like even metal records back in the day. So this was like something completely totally brand new. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So then, yeah, like. Being around these guys, you know, it, it really, like, broadened my, my my spectrum of, like, what music is in, in a lot of sense. So, uh, yeah, this was basically, like, about, you know, 10 or about 13 years of, like, me on my musical journey and then meeting up with these guys and completely merging with the, the, the sound that was right. already created. Right. And then just basically with the intention of evolving it. That was it. Yeah, like, Bear mentioned this notion of trying to create something bigger for more people, basically. Trying to do something more inclusive, is that right? I don't think so. I think... That, <laughs> I think <laughs> is that wrong? Is that the wrong... Okay. Well, well no. I think bigger was... I mean, it's it's a pretty broad thing to say, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. but it had a lot to do with pushing ourselves mm -hmm. and, and getting ourselves to move beyond just the kind of uh, dance floor music that we were making yeah. and create something that... You know, create an album that wasn't just a collection of songs was a thing right away. You know, let's have a, let's have an album that actually is an album from beginning to end. As a conceptual framework? Yeah, mm -hmm. it yeah. tells a story. It tells more emotion than just, you know, build up, drop, build up, drop. I'm excited about this because I, I'm curious to learn more about this dichotomy between the hallucination and the alienation, the alienation. And I imagine we're going to get through. Go as we go, we're going to learn more about this. So, I think we should begin, gentlemen. Are we ready to begin the process of going through this record? We're going to begin uh, with a, a track that features the voice of John Trudell and Northern Voice. We are the hallucination. We are the tribe that they cannot see. We live on an industrial reservation. 
We are the Halusa Nation. We have been called the Indians. We have been called Native American. We have been called hostile. We have been called pagan. We have been called militant. We have been called many names. We are the Halusa Nation. John had been on like the wish list of people that we wanted to work with for, for years at that point. And uh, we had we had come close to to being connected with him through different you know relatives and friends and such, and it just I guess wasn't the right moment for a long time. Hmm. And we were playing a show uh, in uh, New Mexico, and this is still like a year before we started working on the album, uh, or so. And uh, we heard that uh, that John Trudell was there, and he wanted to introduce us. Uh, at the show that night. Oh, he wanted to. Oh, like, like MC the show. Yeah, yeah, just oh. to just to talk before we played. Uh, and so, and where was he based at that time? Uh, in uh, San Francisco. In San Francisco, he's yeah. California based. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and so he came. He came uh, before sound check and before you know we could put anything forward about wanting to collaborate or anything like that. He was just explaining to us what it meant. Um, our music to him and what we were doing with our music um, and then he was started be. he just started pulling out a notepad and was like hey if I if I recorded this could you do something with it would you be interested in, in doing something with this wow. or that um, so it, you know we knew that that there was an interest from him mm-hmm. definitely to record and to do something to collaborate um, but it was still a while before we were producing the album when it came around time um, to ask him to, to make something for the album uh, this idea of having a conceptual record was already kind of in in the works, and was going through a lot of different phases. Uh, with you know, we we're thinking about uh, kind of a comic book thing at one point, and even went as far to start talking to uh, to a comic book artist at one point wow. uh, about collaborating on something. And then this kind of uh, idea around uh, bandits and outlaws came about. And then uh, John uh, sent us a poem that wasn't this one. It was another poem he sent us at first and, uh, and was trying to get into the studio and record it. He did, and we got the recordings from him, but then tagged on to the end was also, oh, I got this other poem for you that you guys might like. And that was the... We Are the Hallucination. We Are the Hallucination. Hmm. And, you know, we had been searching for this storyline to carry the whole album, and then all of a sudden we were looking right at it, and that John had given us exactly what, what we needed uh, to tell a story with this record. So we moved on it super fast, and it was like, okay, this is going to be the, the title of the record. We're going to, you know, if you look at the, 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 the cover of the album, that patch, that, that actual photograph, the, the patch that's in the photograph, mm-hmm. was made weeks after we made the decision to make the album The oh. Hallucination. Uh, I got on the phone right away with the artist who did our last album, yeah. uh, Ernesto, and said, John gave us this idea about The Hallucination. We want to make it a real nation. And he was like, well, you know, I've made you know several uh, emblems for real nations here. Oh, oh. <laughs> I, oh, like, I see. Oh. He's like, I know exactly where, where you want to go with this. Okay. And uh, I already had this idea in my head of seeing the patch. And right away, he was like, can we make it a patch? Yeah. <laughs> so that prototype, that's like a 10-inch prototype of the patch that uh, Guillaume, our manager, got made up. Like, just, it happened, like, within a month. I noticed you're sporting it on the back of your jean vest, if yeah. I may. Yeah, Is that, did I call is that the right term? Yeah. Jean, jean vest? vest? Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's, jean that denim vest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful, what, what does this imagery say? Ian, what do, you, what do you make of what's going on in this patch? 
it says the great seal of the hallucination, 500 years and still drumming, our DNA is earth and sky. Mm-hmm. And uh, it has a turtle, which is uh, representative of Turtle Island, which is North America. And uh, it's got a picture of North and South America on on the turtle's back. And it's got uh, eagle wings coming off of the turtle. Right. So that's representing the earth and sky and then the the 500 years and still drumming and it has four drumsticks around it. Right. That's mm. a that's a description. Uh Tim, does this signify something to you beyond what it looks like? Uh yeah, definitely. It um it it to me like it creates like a nationhood, you know, like um I I grew up on uh reserve called six nations and yeah. we have a seal as well and it, it looks it looks just like that like you know it's oh really it has not just like it but it has like that feeling of what that is so um it, it was it was definitely like the thing we needed to begin the whole record there's a galvanizing aspect to uh, a seal like this why is that important why is it important to have a common symbol. I mean, I guess every country has a common symbol. They have flags and whatnot. I guess it's the same thing. It's a feeling of unity. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And being able to recognize someone with, you know, common ideas and beliefs yeah. right away. Yeah. As a place, did John Trudell conceive of this notion of the hallucination? Or is this something that he uh, is this something he conjured? Is this something that you've talked about before? Uh, no, no, this is uh, yeah, this it's totally came, yeah. He just him. came yeah. up with it. Yeah. He came up with it oh, completely. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. You yeah, know? yeah. Uh, and forgive my ignorance, but no. when you hear Turtle Island and you figure out that it represents you know North America, mm. then I hear hallucination. I'm like, this must be something I have not heard of before <laughs> or wasn't taught to me. But you're saying. For a lot of people, this might be the first we've ever encountered this term, hallucination, right? No, for sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yourselves <laughs> like included. This, 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 like the, yeah. Well, what happened, the, the end of that story is that, you know, we really ran with this and pushed it forward, got the patch and all of that made. And I realized, oh, man, I never talked to John about this. Like, I don't know if that's <laughs> right. how he meant or ever envisioned this thing happening. Yeah. So I shot him an email just saying, here's a picture of the patch. We made this thing. We're running with it. It's the album title. You know, we're going to make it. We're going to make it a real thing. And he just wrote back, you know, thank you. The hallucination is real. Nice. That's amazing. Wow. We think we really, you know, caught what he was putting (laughs) because it's exactly, I think, where he wanted it to go. What what do you want to say about Northern Voice? I mean, we've talked about John's contribution, but there's obviously a a soundtrack to this poem. Mm -hmm. Um, What what can we say about that? Uh, Does anyone want to talk about the sound? Of this first track. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I remember building this idea back home in Winnipeg and, you know, coming up with the soundscape of it. Mm-hmm. And then I brought it to Victoria Island and we where we were played. It was that festival with the big tent, me and you. <laughs> the festival. The- oh, it was just you two? It was just us two, yeah. Oh, big tent. And Cumberland. And Cumberland. Oh, Cumberland. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, nice or Vancouver area. Island. Vancouver Victoria, Island. Victoria yeah. Island's yeah, 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 in Ottawa. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Cumberland's a nice little Atmosphere. Spot. Yeah. Atmosphere, Atmosphere Festival. Atmosphere Festival. Okay. And then when we stay there, we stay at this house all the time yeah. in, in Cumberland. And um, it's a beautiful home. I forget the people who... Is it Corwin? 
No, I'm just no, sorry. No, no, I know. No, I, know no. I recorded it in Cumberland once on a tour. It, it's it's is legit. Just like a yeah. Like some like, people who like just give their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is yeah, what yeah, the, yeah. I stayed there, so okay. that's why I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, weird. Maybe yeah. it's probably the same, but who knows? Quite possibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, I approached this idea. I had this idea for um, for for, for the beat, and I uh, I remember playing it out, and we're sitting on the table, and Bear's like, yeah, this is this is dope. Yeah. And he's but I had some like really different drums on it, so then we just started to started to work with it right there and that was kind of like the first track and then um it wasn't our intention to throw John on it but we we have oh. we we have been trying to put John in something for a while right. like for at least like 4 months i think we were we were working on conceptual ideas where it went through a bunch of changes but yeah that fit perfectly okay and then um i remember chopping up the northern voice uh, uh sample and um, it was given to us by uh, Robert over at um, Tribal Spirit. Okay. Um, they give us acapellas of the drums that record with him. So uh, we were really lucky to get like these sort of like these two kinds of stems. We get like we get like uh, drums from them and and acapellas where they sing without the drums, and then they do. Um, chance to or uh equal calls and right like other one shots that they give us as well mm -hmm. so yeah this came in a bank of stuff that we had and um it just i cut it up and kind of based the whole melody around it well, and then fortuitous that all it's an amazing opener so. yeah, yeah 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 we were wondering if it was really going to hold up to be an opener but you know like um like you're going to hear about throughout this whole entire process you know like this album never really truly came together till the last three months okay before we finally put it together we spent a lot of time in ottawa okay and that was one that we knew that was going to be the intro and we had to we had to make it like um what it sounds like now yeah so, okay. it, it, yeah the original version of that song is like 100 percent different yeah like I, it's <laughs> it came from it came from a totally different place mm. to where it is now mm -hmm. and the you can say that about all of them. Yep. <laughs> I've been hearing that a lot as I talk to people about their records. You yeah. know, that a, a song might have 30 versions before they were like, yeah. or like they started with nothing, put a bunch of layers on, and then at the end they're like, let's just go back to nothing. Like they're just like very mm. sparse. And I imagine you must go through this too, where you're just like, layer, 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 layer. And then you're like, eh, oh, the yeah. core of it's lost <laughs> now, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. that. I find that, you know, what that was great about, um, um, being in, in, involved in this whole thing because like I, I'm a guy that kind of like could add great idea after great idea after great idea and like it just kind of like build onto this thing yeah it's great to have another like two pairs of ears to basically hold me back from like you know <laughs> oh that's enough you know like and you know and, and I think with this particular record that's exactly what happened yeah. and it was like it, it it was um one of those moments eureka moments mm -hmm. that we had throughout this whole growing together as a group yeah it 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 made it like that. This was like an aha moment, <laughs> and also there was a lot of experimenting with like modular synths and like creating sound versus finding a sound on a keyboard and making it. A lot of that was like made through a modular. Oh, okay. So like it was we created our whole new sound, our whole our own sound, right. and a lot of it was even like a lot of analog gear went into that song. Well, it's an amazing opener. Uh I feel like we could talk more about it. I, I want to get more to the... I assume as we go, we're going to talk more about this notion of the hallucination. Um, 
So maybe is everyone okay to move on yep. to mm-hmm. the next song? Because, yep. like I say, we could keep going. So the next song features uh, Yasin Bey, Narsi, and Black Bear. It's called R E D. If you will indulge me for one moment, I need to show you something. All right. I want to show you something that uh, frequently of late I've been telling people. I've been feeling self-conscious. I keep talking about my son. He's six years old, and he loves music, and we've been listening to lots of music together. And he did this today, and I just want you to hear it and see it, and let me know what you think. You can stop me whenever you want. Oh, this is amazing. Wow. It's a big Black Star fan, too. Oh, nice. How old is he? Six. Mm. Loves hip hop and rap and just obsessed with this song. Huh. Ask my wife how great it is to have a kid. <laughs> just nonstop rapid. <laughs> wow. I, is, you get a taste. He keeps. He, he does the whole thing, by the way. Wow. He does Narcy next, and there's a squirrel in the background. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah Beatboxing, I, I think. <laughs> I just wanted to share. No, that's incredible. Yeah. He's, yeah. So wow. I had I talked to him about that song. So that is my son doing R.E.D. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're having quite an impact on my family, is what mm. I'm saying. And uh, this song is impactful. Bismillah. Chewing living by the Z code. What the fuck is fleek though? Don't ask them, what do we know? What I forgot is better than whatever they remember. Never mind, I'm off it. It's quiet form. Time to put the temper tantrums to the quiet corner. Hush, that's enough, said the ruler. No suckers allowed to break bread or asunder. The daylight, lightning, and the thunder. Sun, moon, stars, and the hunger. Abundance in bundles, blessings in troubles. Towers and tunnels, views and valleys, waves and peaks, streets you from sun, planet Earth. Uh, it's the first song that we made together. Really? Is yeah. this configuration? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's a yeah. killer beat. <laughs> I, I guess your hip hop stuff came through your background in hip hop. Well, all right. So <laughs> we spent some time about a couple months in this. Like we spent about maybe like two or three weeks prior to coming to this point in the studio working together, and um, the the music we were making was was good, but it wasn't like what we needed to be. So by then it was July. I've already been in a group since May. So yeah, a couple months. Mm-hmm. We were touring. We were in France. Yeah, we were touring the uh, overseas. So we were in France. I remember, you know, I had this new piece of equipment called a uh, machine, and that I've been it's using. It's called a machine. It's called yeah. a machine. That's yeah. the name they gave it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah That's causes, not a very good name. It causes yeah. a lot of like the machine, a machine, <laughs> no, the machine, no, the, the machine. machine. Okay, yeah, yeah, all yeah, right. Yeah. There's an S. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. there's an S. Yeah. Oh, okay. M-A-S. So that doesn't M-A-S. come through. C-H. That explains it. Yeah. 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 Right <laughs> the machine. Yeah. Well, the machine. So you got the machine. Yeah. So basically, it's this it's this 16 pad MPC controller like um, thing, and it and it runs on a computer that uh, it's like a DAW, but without actually having a DAW. It's actually all sample based stuff. Okay. Um. We loaded it up and basically took this on tour, and it's the first time that we really got to use it. So we were in France for a couple of days. Uh, we had, like, a travel day, then we had, like, a day to get, like, through jet lag, and then the next day we were supposed to tour, or next day you're supposed to play France. And um, that day we were just kind of adjusting. We had nothing to do, really. So And we were kind of in a quiet part of town. There was nothing really going on. So... Uh, we all set up a studio session in my room and uh, Bear brought this speaker, like a little Bluetooth speaker that we hooked up to, a JBL thing. Yeah. Set it up and then we um, made this. You built the beat together. Mm. Yep. Right from start to finish. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It happened really quick. It was like an hour it took to finally get the, get the basic idea and uh, with the intention of making an anthem-like song like uh, Electric Power, I guess. That's, right. that, that was the inspiration behind it. Yeah, so yeah, we, we made really hard-hitting drums, anthem-like, and then we added this uh bass line to it and then we act actually we added uh, vocals to it first and then that determined how we were going to create the melody behind it you mean the vocal in the chorus yeah 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 so the tribe called red yeah thing yeah yeah and then i just basically again um robert sent those stems and i actually no 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 no. this session came from you're not under under oath here i know know, know, know. you get something wrong don't it's fine yeah but this is kind of important because uh these sessions that i used for the vocal parts of it were from our manawan session so we actually got to record our own drums and our own vocal we got to basically record black bear who are longtime collaborators of the group um we got to record them the way we wanted to so we set up mics the way we wanted to we mixed it the way we wanted to and then uh, we got, you know, basically all these stems really, 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 like, um, in detail. So, yeah, like, the red chants were something that I asked for from them. From Black Bear. Yeah. And so, uh, Ian, what, who or what is Black Bear, just for people listening? They're a drum group from northern Quebec in a community called Manawan. Oh, I see. Right. And uh, they're Atikamik people, um, and they're world champion singers. They, uh, they've won the... Uh, um, Gathering of Nations, powwow. They were host drums there. Host drums. Heavy people. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and um, they are, uh, they've been around forever, it seems like. So, like, and they've grown together too. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they're just like a, a huge family. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. And they became like an extension, like, of, of us too, like, mm-hmm. in a way too. So, yeah. So, um, recorded them, got them to do like, uh, there was a chant that I got them to do. It's like, I guess like I'm gonna say a tribe called Red, and they chanted oh, okay. Red really loud, and we did like a couple other ones too. Has anyone besides me mistaken that for a sample? At one point, I thought that a tribe called was Jay Z. 
I actually thought that was <laughs> the one and only Sean Carter. Like I had well, to listen. No. I decided at some point it was not, but I thought maybe there was that was a sample. No, but Narcy will probably like that. <laughs> I, I sampled Narcy saying a tribe oh, called Red. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so then, yeah, that's how the, basically how the sample went. And then when we finished the song, we called it actually Stadium Pow Wow. Oh, okay. And um, we were like, yep, yeah, this is this next single. That's what we just kind of had it in our head that that's what it always has and always would have been, right. actually. And we actually did release it on its own called Stadium Pow Wow oh, as a okay. single. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's, uh, I want to ask Bear about uh, the inclusion of Narsi and Yasin Bey because uh, they really propel this this song forward and uh tell me how this hookup happened uh well i was mentioning earlier our road manager buddha uh he's been with us now for five years or so uh and you know he's he's a really tight friend we were we were good friends before he became our road manager he's also uh a dj and a photographer and and and, uh, an artist in his own right uh and he's the dj for narcy and for his group and has been for a number of years and where's narcy from uh, he's based in Montreal. Okay. Also, Buddha's from Ganawage, so oh, that's, okay. the, that's the connection there. I see. And uh, it was really like a, a, a chance kind of meeting. We were in Montreal at the right time in the right place at a shoe store and got a text that you guys should stay there for a few more minutes as Narcy's going to stop by with Yassine. Oh, so Narcy and Yassine are tight. They they had already known each other. Narcy's real name is Yassine. Right, yeah. And they well, had that's met part of the song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yassine and Yassine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was <laughs> like, Narcy had, I had just finished changing his name from the narcissist to Narcy. Oh. So, and then after Yassine got on the whole Yassine and Yassine thing, he was joking. He's like, man, I got to change my name again. <laughs> Everyone's just going to know me as Yassine. <laughs> so it was really the, the friendship that, the, that those two guys had already. Um, had between them and then the friendship that we had with Narcy that brought us all together in a shoe store in Montreal. And do you have any insight? Does anyone here have any insight about the content? I don't, I, do you, and do you, when you work, because there's so many vocalists here, do you work with them on what they're talking about? Do you work uh, with them on what the lyrical content might be in? Uh, not all the time. Um, with that, like we were in the studio with both Narcy and Yassine while they wrote the lyrics to it all. So it was, uh, it was pretty cool to see everybody's uh, uh, the way they they work creatively. It's 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 really cool to see the inside to that. And uh, you know, with, through as we go through, you'll see like uh, a lot of the lyrical content did come out of like conversations we had um, just in the studio, hanging out. Um, yeah, we we'll get into that like on on next tracks, but uh, yeah. definitely like hanging out. It, it was all written in the studio while we were all there. Which is really impressive. And what do you make of what they came up with? I assume <laughs> you're big fans. Well, <laughs> Narcy recorded his verse, and then uh, Yasin like was like, "Okay," and he rewrote oh. more verse oh, and was like, "Let oh. me re-record." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Narcy, Yasin had to step up his game after hearing what Narcy did. Yeah, that's what you're saying. Yeah, that's the the subtext of how hip hop. <laughs> I can see that happening. Oh shit! I got to step up. Totally. And then, totally. he, and then it ends up with Yassine leading the track. Yeah. Right. Not to say any one verse is better. We're not no, saying that, right, guys? they're both brilliant. They're, they're both, both brilliant. Ama- amazing, amazing. Okay. We move on now to a song featuring Saul Williams and uh, Chippewa Travelers. This is called The Virus. The virus took on many shapes. The bear, the elk, the antelope, the elephant, the deer, the mineral, the iron, the copper, the colt, and the rubber, the coffee, the cotton, the sugar, the people... Durham traveled faster than the bullet. They harvest the 
yeah, this is another one that we did uh, in the studio with Saul. And so, you know, it really, it came from, from all of us being together. You know, it wasn't something that, uh, that we came in with anything pre-made for. You know, we really started working on a beat uh, with Saul in the, in the moment. Uh, and, and the same thing with what he was writing for us, you know. And he would go in and he would, he would record some bits and then, you know, we'd start messing around with it. And he'd say, well, you know, um, don't use it like a voice. Uh, use my voice like an instrument. Yes. You know, and there was yeah. a lot of, like, back and forth like that while we were in the studio creating the track. Um, but, again, it's one of those tracks that, you know, went through a whole bunch of different uh, incarnations before it got to where it is in the end. Um, but one thing that I think was really important from the start in the virus was the, the breathing. And that was a, a sample that, that that's one of the few samples that came from the original session, right? Eh? Yeah, I mean they all did. Yeah, they're all from that. But yeah, that that was that was one of the things. Because is that, is that his voice? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Actually, everything that we worked on beat wise in that session never doesn't even make it to to what that actually is. That's what I mean. I think that's the only like sample that we had that was in that song in the studio with Saul was the mm. breathing. And we stripped everything else away from it other than the breathing. What? I remember at one point it coming down to just that breathing. Yeah. And then we rebuilt the song from there. Just, yeah. to, just to contextualize the breathing a bit, can anyone, uh, let's, let's go with Ian actually. Ian, can you, in your best, uh, the best you can, can you talk about what this song is about, so to speak? Uh, yeah, it's about uh, the idea of people being used as currency as commodities um and uh how uh that feeling and 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 knowing that that there's this oppression and that you're being uh um talking about the virus and and how that uh knowing that that indigenous people were were wiped out essentially with with a virus with smallpox smallpox and knowing that uh you know quoting things that like the virus travel faster than the bullet it just like invokes a lot of these these things and and telling things that that we felt um were super empowering um realizing that in Canada there was no great indian war Right. right. So they're like, we're not a conquered people. And him saying that, like, is it's I think it's like a really powerful part and in uh, recognizing what really happened in the history of Canada. And so were these phrases things he conceived of? It came out of conversations. conversations. This is what I, this yeah. is what I was going to get at. So okay. we these are things that we all sat around and talked about. Like you're hanging out with a mind like Saul Williams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a lot of serious politics come out and, and quotes like that come out and you see him. You know, writing writing stuff like that down during during all of our conversations, right? And then you you get into the to the booth and start saying these these lines that he had, and then we sifted through it all and kind of put it together. Yeah, there's way. a I forget maybe it was Tim. Were you talking about uh, uh, Saul suggesting use my voice as an instrument? Was yeah, that you? Was, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there's a percussive quality mm. to that. The compound is on fire. Like it, it has a rhythmic. Mm. That's a yep. rhythmic phrase. You know what I mean? And the way you've purposed it in the song it really works as a, a rhythmic instrument that's that that's totally um saw like uh, it, what i what i basically learned in that session was like i got humbled really quick because he's also like an, a great producer yeah so uh he pushed me to the limit like as far as like what i could comprehend and um 
what I got out of it, I, like it was just it basically it taught me to let go and just kind of and and just just go with the song, I guess. And rather, I wasn't in control anymore. It was like this thing inside my head was kind of more in control, more than but where he pushed me. But what I would say about his perf- his performance on the song was probably the most incredible, most powerful thing I've ever saw from a vocalist. Really, he he put it all. He the way he said the words, the way that he gestured, the way the way he set himself up when he recorded, the way how it's how it was recorded. It was like all. It was all planned, and um, it was very important to keep the rhythm of how we said the words versus chopping them up or doing anything. Like it was very important to keep the flow and the the the, the actual uh, rhythm of everything. Right. So, so I think the song was sped up slightly more than the original one was. So his vocals are a little bit sped up, but we've kept the rhythm. That was very important. Right. That right. was the most important thing about the whole thing. Chippewa Travelers? Who are Chippewa Travelers? Again, another powwow group yeah. that's, um, that uh, Tribal Spirit records. And they just come that. That comes from a sound bank that we got oh, from them. Oh, it's a sound bank. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. from stuff that they've recorded for us and for their albums and stuff. It was, that's where that come from. And then, that, again, that last three months, that's where that song came together. In the last three months, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we we come together and we, like Bear said, we just took the breathing and we built a whole song around that. Yeah, I wanted to revisit the breathing uh, <clears throat> in terms of it being a very human sound. Yeah, to tell we, this very human story. Yeah, we we made we made we made it basically into a hi hat or some sort That's of right. like yeah. sort of sort of like percussion stuff that you know like chopped it up into like a couple pieces and then replayed the breathing right. actually i remember we did this song in toronto when it finally started to come into fruition and um i had a death in a family i had to leave right in the middle of the session of this but yeah that's where that song kind of comes from and then we picked up the pieces uh, a couple months later and then we basically made it into that sound wise again modular sense we've created all our own sounds basically with that song you make a point of uh, are you making at that point because of any perception of what you do what do you mean well i think that when people hear electronic music they assume a lot of the sound is coming from banks it's coming from yeah you know prefabricated stuff you, you've made that point a few times about this song you know this is modular. we did this yeah I just wonder if there's a purposeful point to that. Do you get it's it's because we're trying to create like the um the mood of that. We couldn't find it in anywhere. Right. Like we couldn't find it. Especially like working with power vocals. It's very like unconventional to find like sounds that will go with it. Mm. So creating yeah. our own sound is basically the go to when we yeah. I raise the question because this is a group that has redefined electronic music for a lot of people. Mm. It's redefined what the parameters of electronic music are. Uh and I think that's why a lot of people were like, what the hell? Oh, I didn't know this could happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of innovation in what you do, and I wondered if that's why you raised it. I don't think it is, <laughs> but I suspect it might be. I don't know. There's probably that, you know. Yeah, you know, we wanted, it's basically, again, it goes all the way back to the beginning of how we first started this. We wanted to evolve the sound. Yes. And then sometimes it took us into territories that we've never been to before. And, yeah. like, even it comes down to rhythms and, like, uh, different styles of beats all of that stuff, all the different styles of productions, even the approaches that we took were all sometimes uncharted territory for us. Yeah, I would only add that when you say we wanted to change the sound, 
I don't think you're necessarily just referring to a tribe called Red. I think you might be talking about electronic music. <laughs> you are altering the course of the, the, the music. It's a lot to put on you guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, there's... there's we're in like, a bunker. I'm trying to get along with everyone. <laughs> I mean, we're not, creating, we're not creating in a vacuum either. You yes, know, like exactly. A yeah. huge, huge influence on this whole album is Schlachthof Bronx. Mm. Oh. Uh, and there, we went back to their music again and again in this album. When we were having like, uh, this was recorded all over the world in all different studios across the country, and we'd sit down, and it was usually Schlachthof would be one of the one of the artists that we'd play hmm. when we got to a new space to hear what the space sound like, to kind of recenter oh, what we were to, trying to do. Right. And they're a group who makes a lot of their own sounds. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a big part of what they do. Uh, um, but also, when we went to the construction of the tracks, they were a huge influence, and in that we had kind of built up, you know, these songs. And when it came down to that last three months, we keep talking about, and we were editing these songs back. We kept on going back to their music and saying, "Let's put some breath into this. Let's put some air." Yes. They use space and silence so well in their music that we kept on going back to that idea. Let's have three or four core sounds that put together this song right. and use those sounds really well mm. and use the space between those sounds really well. Right. Um, so, you know, to say that we're changing, you know, we're, we're putting our own flavor on something that's that's part of the, 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 the musical movement. I don't think you're probably, you're too inside to be aware of it. I'm just saying <laughs> I think you are changing things. Uh, you're changing the perception of lots of things, yeah, musically I, and culturally. I, I, I think that, you know, like, especially, like, we, we just wanted to, like, also uh, just create something that we know that we could, that we would feel really good about, you know, like, you know, this is this is an, something new and something yeah. of, like, uh, further than we've done before. You accomplished it, if I if I do say so myself. Okay, we're going to move on now to uh, one of two uh, completely spoken word pieces. The first is Before, which we're about to talk about. Uh, coming up later is Soon. Uh, Before features uh, Joseph Boyden uh, playing a character named Jack. You have a collect call from an inmate at an alien nation correctional facility. To accept the charges, press 1. Thank you. Connecting now. It's me, Jack. Listen, you gotta find Charlie. You guys gotta find him. You gotta find him and pass this on to him before it's too late. I think it's too late already, but I'm begging you. Try for me. You guys got pulled. You do. People listen to you. You know they do. So maybe, just maybe, that kid Charlie, he'll hear this too. He seems to be making a reference to the story of Chani Wenjack, right? Is that accurate? Did I get all of that right? Yeah, yeah, okay. you got it. So why why is this on this record? What, what is the, what, the, the so we're we're going through hallucination here? What does before have to do with the concept of the record bear? Well, the hallucination, uh, like so many things we do, has a lot of different layers to it. And when we were sort of um, you know writing the story of what the hallucination was about, we were writing a lot about the future. Uh, and if you look at the the virus video, is a lot about that future version mm. of what the hallucination is. Uh, the RED video as well. Right. Those two stories connect to tell this kind of future vision of what the hallucination would be. Uh, what these stories do is connect the hallucination to the present. Is the present the present isn't necessarily the Ally Nation, is it? No. No, the, the Ally Nation would be part of the future. Part of the future. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of the the part of this like dystopian sort of sci-fi ah. future, where the the Ally Nation is the oppressive force over the entire world. But the hallucination, if I understand the concept correctly, is a, a sort of utopian 
vision or a, a utopian place? Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a haven, I guess. In, it's a haven in, in this it's, in this future in this future sense. It's a nationhood. It's a it's a nation of people that have the same ideologies and the same. So we're we're rallying behind a banner as a community and a seal as a community with like-minded um, ideas of how to be a human. An enlightened, particularly enlightened perspective, I believe, right? Um, I mean, that... more, more of like from our indigenous perspective of what nationhood means and okay. what that uh, entails in being uh, community-minded as opposed to um, self-minded and things like that. Right, okay. I think a thing that, uh, that John Trudell talked about a lot in his work was the idea that we were forgetting what it, what it meant to be human. You know, if you look at the names that people have for their different nations, the, the names that people called themselves, yeah. it's usually something about the people. Right. Right? Right, right. And that we're forgetting what that means. To be a... To be a, to, to be a human. And in forgetting what it means to, it, to ourselves to be a human, we're forgetting how to treat other people as humans. That makes sense. Mm. So the hallucination is a return to those values where we, we are truly being human. Right. Okay. Uh, so the, the, you know, this future version of the hallucination where people have moved back to uh, you know, a separate way of life that's, uh, you know, that's uh, going back to maybe some informed by some traditional ways as well, but uh, you know, a movement that was led by indigenous people but uh, included everybody. You know, it was kind of this, this, this future vision. Mm. Uh, the stories in Before and After are more about uh, how, uh, what was going on before all of that. I see. Okay. So you have a character. I mean, I know Joe's written about Chani before this, this this text. Where does this text from before come from? Is that something he wrote? Yeah, mm-hmm. he wrote specifically. And for he's this. not known as an actor per se. <laughs> he's playing a character here. Yeah, yeah. Was that? Did you have and and did you guide him through this process of like how how to read this character? We all had conversations together in the in the attic there. Yeah, yeah. I remember having this conversation about we we brought him the whole uh, the concept. Even the songs we've yeah. had about half of them done, and then we and he got it. Yeah, and he started writing, and then we all kind of came up this with this idea together that you know it was going to be from jail and the whole the way how it was recorded, how it sounds. We all kind of had that idea that that's that's the way we were going to push it. Is there a particular reason he's addressing Chani? Uh, be, just because um, obviously, uh, maybe he's, he's not, addressing us. Oh, he's addressing. Oh. It's a collect call. To it's us. a collect call to you, but yeah. he's talking about. He's talking about Chani. Okay, so Ch- Chani Winjack's name has become more prominent, uh, in particular because of Gord Downey's record "Secret Path." He's become a symbol of some kind. Why is he? I mean, I know why. I think I know the answer to this, but uh, is there a reason he is conv- he is conjured in this particular instance that, that you can talk about? I know this is Joe's thing, but. I think it was like I think it was kind of meant to be like uh, it meant to link all the projects together at one point. I think that was kind of an idea yeah. that, that we had. Oh, this multimedia thing you were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like well, the comp, the comp, or? no, I mean linking Secret Path and linking his book together too. Oh, and with your record. Yeah, oh. this is a kind of a way to kind of like bring it all together oh, without I, telling people. Oh, well, now we've told everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. So you were in on that. You were fine with this notion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This okay. this this is how we wanted to contribute to the record, and like, and we didn't shy away from it. 
We'll talk more about uh, this, I, I assume, when we get to soon to close off the record. So let's move on. Um, we're going to go to a song featuring uh, the wondrous Tanya Tagak. This is Sila. <laughs> say i mean i've talked to her a few times i don't know her quite well i'm just making stuff up now i know her music quite well <laughs> we're friendly i've interviewed her i interviewed her like 10 years ago and you know we're friendly i think she knows who i am if she saw me on the street she wouldn't actually she probably would ignore me but anyway <laughs> how did you uh how did you connect with tanya for this song and and what do you think uh what can you say about this song because it's wordless on one level but on another it's obviously a vocal yeah. uh what can you say about sila yeah well this is to these guys, they they they, they met um, Tanya way before like I joined the group. You know, they got these guys were collaborating before then. So, well, we were trying. <laughs> the idea had been out there um, a lot, like with John, but for even longer um, that we wanted to do a song together. Right. Uh, I mean, Tanya's a big electronic music fan. Mm-hmm. So for years, she'd been like, give me my jungle track. Give me my jungle track. <laughs> you know, and we'd, we'd, we'd play stuff for it. She's like, I want something faster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's, she likes energy. I, yeah. uh, we were talking about uh, how Saul's voice, uh, Saul had made this request of you, uh, take my voice and turn it into an instrument. Didn't Tanya say something similar to you? Uh, like, can turn my voice into that thing you do kind of thing. Was that right? I think those might have been the exact yeah. technical terms. <laughs> I was going to say that. Uh, that sounds pretty familiar. Yeah. yeah. She put it in the machine. Is that what she said? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you, she wanted to work with you in some capacity. Uh, the song is unbelievable. Again, breathing. A lot of breathing. Uh, mm. I believe there's a break with mm. some breathing in it, if yeah. I recall correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Is there what is the what is the uh, significance of sila? It means air, uh, breath, atmosphere, uh, space. You know, like it, it it means all of that that stuff I together. Um, so it it to go with the breathing and uh, the idea of of earth and sky. That's where sila kind of comes in, meaning like atmosphere and, and earth and. So going back to the the original idea of the yeah. hallucination patch being of earth and sky, mm-hmm. and not to get ahead of ourselves, but the uh, Maxida Marak uh, Inan means earth means dirt. Oh, ground. okay. Yeah. So some elemental things happening yeah. here. Okay. Well, are, do you want to say anything more about Sila? It's, yeah. it's one of these things where I think you have to kind of experience it. <laughs> well, well, you know, I, I was with uh, uh, an Inuit friend of mine a few days ago, uh, Vivi. And uh, it was right, we were sitting in a park right before a storm rolled in and it kind of got really foggy. And she just kind of looked around and went, ah, Sila. Oh. And it was kind of one of those moments where I was like, okay, you know, that's, it's that, it's not just the fog, but it's that feeling. Right. You know, when that, 
it rolls in and you can feel that change and all of that. Definitely wind and change. It's rumbling through this song, yeah. if I might say. Yep. Yeah. And and how it was created basically is like we sent her a beat and she loved it and she recorded over it, which n- never that even never got and and used. that that wasn't even the one. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, that it, we we just basically gave her like a high energy beat that we had, and um, when it came down to those last three months again, uh, time to you know make this album, we decided to take basically strip the whole beat away and then restructure her the verses and the the breaks and everything and kind of making the song built around her vocals and we did some pretty crazy trickery too with like uh like really crazy delay like um trippy stuff that we've never done before almost dubby almost right yeah we did some really crazy like different things with that too to create that space and atmosphere yeah and what was her what was her response to the finished song i'm just curious do you can you talk about that um yeah she liked it (laughs) (laughs) but the finished song i wanted some juice juicy story here well this finished (laughs) song uh it was another one of the ones where you know it took a whole bunch of changes in that last three months we had built a whole song yeah and then literally in the last week yeah pretty much in the last week it was still that feeling like "Ah, i don't know if this song is where i want it to be and at the time it was still a bouncy had a bouncy kind of happy feeling to it still. And then something happened one night in the studio and Tim put some kind of modulation on the bass that gave it that stutter, that machine gun bass yeah, sound. Yeah. And we were just like I was I I remember I remember thinking like this is different yeah. and this is this is the and actually we came to we 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 actually came to a part where we're like we're like I don't know if I like this. I don't know if we do and then like we started sending it around to people like yeah. in our circle. And then Ian, I remember Ian's like, I, I, I like it. We should just keep it. <laughs> and then so he was like, all right. And then we just kind of just kind of it got to that point and it stayed. It's a jungle thing. That's a jungle part, I would say, <laughs> yeah. if you will. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. 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 You know, I'm as a as a longtime follower and fan of Tanya's, I'm very gratified by how much she's resonating. Uh, has in the last couple of years in particular. Mm, are me you, too. Are you surprised by it? No. I mean, I'm not in that <laughs> I saw it and I'm like, good. It's I, I, I'm, I'm freaked out by people and what they <laughs> accept and don't accept and why it mm. takes so long sometimes for them to get behind something that's just so clearly ingenious, you know? Mm, mm-hmm. So that's just where I'm... It's just when, when this song comes on, I'm just... I'm filled with that same joy. Mm. But, oh, good, you know, yeah. She definitely does that. Like, her yeah. music... You'll be listening to her music and then, like, get a feeling. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
not know like and then you look at the title and it's exactly like the feeling yeah. that you're getting from what and like she does it without without you know lyrics or anything she's invoking it strictly through like vibration of her, her, her vocal cords you know what i mean so it's uh invoking emotion like that is uh it's special and yeah. to see her live especially you know what i mean it's it's it it changes the way I, it changed the way i listen to music you know what i mean like it's not just a structured thing like it's it's a feeling and it's definitely yeah. like the way she she creates music is is beautiful. Well, I, yeah, I just am happy to see a, a, a real genius mm. actually acknowledged in some way uh, more than than she was. Okay, well, I think we've said enough about Sila. We're going to move on now to a song featuring another ingenious uh, performer based in Toronto, Lido Pimenta. This is the light. Uh, comes back. The light was so successful at the box office. You guys made a sequel, <laughs> put it on the same record. Uh, talk about the light, uh, because when I hear these two songs, and I don't know, we could maybe combo this. I've never done this before, where we sure. jump ahead, but I know they're related <laughs> in some ways. Uh, I when I hear this, I'm like, oh, this sounds like a Lido beat. Like this sounds like something she would, yeah, you know, sing over. So I'm just curious how this union happened and what kind of conversations you had to construct this song together. Um, Bear, we haven't heard from you in a while. First song finished for the album. Oh, The first piece that was completely done. I know we said R.E.D. was. No, yes, that was. That was the this, wait, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> R.E.D. was the first beat made for the album. That's right, okay. Now, the reason in it France. wasn't the first one finished was because we didn't get R.E.D., the, the Narsi and the Yasin yeah, part the verses, didn't yeah. come for almost a year, more than a year later. Uh, I see. That was actually almost close to two years. Two years, two years later. later. Yeah. That must have been kind of so, fun to revisit it with the, <laughs> oh, yeah. with the actual verses. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. <laughs> with The Light, it was the first song that was actually made, done. Like, we've been, we've been performing The Light for two years before the album came out. Yeah. Wow. Live yeah. with Lido. Oh, with yeah. Lido. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Like it's, she's been a regular person on stage with us. The reason it sounds so much like a Lido beat is because we had Lido and her band in the studio. Ah, with us. Brandon's on it, and yeah, Brandon, yeah. That's, that's all Brandon's drums. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love Lido, and uh, she's remarkable. Uh, her son beat me at three straight games of pool. <laughs> He's like seven or eight, and I, he is I'm really boss. embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you know what's uh, because she's singing in Spanish? I believe. What do you? What do you know about the light? What do you know about what's going on in this song in terms of her contribution? Because when the again, I don't mean to jump ahead. The second one is the second version of the song is in English. Are they related? Those two yes. songs? Okay. Mm-hmm. The, that was her English lyrics for the light. Which uh, the light part two is the light part two is actually in parentheses as, uh, further down the record. It's actually called for you. And I I brought up her son because I couldn't help but picture her singing to her son. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that's what's going on, but. Uh, it's a. Uh, it's about um, moving beyond hard times. Yes, yes. That's in a in a nutshell. In a nutshell, you yeah. can relate to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody can. I think. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we've. I think we've explored it. Unless there's anyone want to say anything more about Lido and these songs. 
Um, Yeah, having, I mean, it's the same thing with Tanya. Like, with times we've had Tanya on stage is absolutely amazing. But Lido has been a more regular collaborator on stage with us, and it is one of the most high-energy points that we ever have at any show is when she comes out on stage with us. Superhuman being. Absolutely. And in in being in the studio uh, for the first time with her, and, like, uh, she was, like, my first, like, real big project when it came to this to the album yeah it was she she was uh, amazing you know she was like really really kind with me especially just meeting me that day you know what i mean like it was it was really really awesome and we just kind of blossomed into this uh, amazing relationship we've had since then yeah she's a real interesting combination of someone who's got this real warmth and generosity of spirit but will not take any shit whatsoever <laughs> that's <laughs> what i love it just makes her Absolutely. a very powerful powerful force yeah yeah okay we're gonna move on then uh to a song featuring uh chippewa travelers again and oka mima Kupi. <laughs> chant that he's saying is um i think i believe it's from the victoria Strait island part of his lineage okay uh, yeah okay because <laughs> he had to, he had to like uh you know when we asked him what well the way the way we got to mama Koopy was that we were we we're working on the song and tim asked is there anything you could say is there like you know do you have some, oh. something that you could say in your language do you have you know yeah so um when he when he recorded it, he actually recorded it, uh, saying it through his dig, which is why it's got that 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 echoey sound to it. It was just how he just how he said it through his dig. But I remember after he did it, he was like, you know what, I gotta I gotta call somebody, right, and make sure that you know we can we can use this, right. and It's okay and all of that. So it's it's a it comes from a traditional dance, I think. Okay, it has that quality. Remember, it seems like a dance song. More? Details than that? No, I just remember you know when it came down to like actually like putting it on the record. We had the. It was right down to the wire. Yeah. Actually, to to, to get the permission. For, oh. To get permission to, to use, use the protocol. Yeah. yeah. To use mm-hmm. language. Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Well, it's something that you, I think as indigenous artists, where it's kind of unique to the way that we have to operate. You know that we have to operate within protocols and make sure that we're not doing anything that would. Um, you know, step outside of of, of of how you treat traditions. You know, how, how you do, treat how things do, out with respect. How does that work in terms of uh, traditional copyright, so to yeah, speak? Well, that's that's exactly There's what a I mean. You that's get it? Okay. like the way that um, the way that songs get passed on is you know, there was somebody who either it's their song um, or somebody who has the right to teach that oh, song. Okay. You know, so that's how kind of yeah, exactly traditional copyright would go. So, not only is it important to us to have you know the the copyright and all of that stuff dealt with, and you know 
paying the drum groups and people that are we're collaborating with, but also that we have their permission to 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 remix That's and to touch, retouch their work. Wow. So. so it just made it onto the record. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and a lot of the protocol actually too, like if we get like into like a, a movie or a sample or something like that, we we go through them too. Like yeah, it, does, it, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't just stop with us. Like it we have to actually give it to them and see if it's okay. Right. If it's something that they agree with. Okay. Yeah. That's a fascinating background to that song. Right. Yeah, yeah, and we worked on that song in Australia uh, when we did our Australian tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, and we got to work with like Julian and and um, who is the percussion drum player for him too. Oh, I see. And yeah, and and Stu, our good friend Stu. We're speaking of Oka right now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Cool. We had Kangaroo Stu that session. <laughs> How was that? How was Delicious. It? Was it tough? Amazing. Looks like no, it'd be a no, tough meat. It's so good. Well, you eat the tail. Like, yeah. Oh, kangaroo tail is like so good. Really? Yeah. yeah. So yeah what, does it really taste good. like something else? Yeah, you know, it's kind of porky. Yeah. It's kind of porky. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's pork. Fatty. Like Fatty. it's really good. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. You didn't kill the kangaroo yourselves, did you? No. No. Okay. They might have an international. An elder. Incident. An elder. Like they're like they're like deer, right? Like out. Oh yeah, I guess they would be. Yeah. First first kangaroo we tried actually was was hit by a car. Oh, so. like a deer. Might like be. a deer, exactly. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But some guys had come from across, from someplace else and picked up a deer on the road. And... <laughs> they cut, cut yeah. it up and yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this took a very disturbing turn. Okay. That, that wasn't the deer, that wasn't the, the kangaroo that the... At that we the, ate at that. Oh, it wasn't that That was one. a friend. No, that was a friend okay. who brought some kangaroo stew, which is a whole other deal. <laughs> okay. This was kangaroo tail. I've never been to Australia. I, was I, it stew's... The kangaroo stew from Stu's mom? Aunt? No. Aunt? Wait a minute. The kangaroo friend, stew? Just you a had? friend. That was a friend. Yeah. Okay. There was Stu's a friend. guy named Stu involved in this yeah. kangaroo stew story? Didgeri yeah. Stew. Didgeri Stew. And the kangaroo <laughs> stew. Actually, the guy. This could be a great kid's book. <laughs> yeah. So, so the uh, Stu, who does the Mama Koopy, um, saying the Mama yeah. Koopy and plays the ditch throughout the whole song, uh, he is. Uh, that instrument has been in his family's lineage for generations oh so it's been passed down interesting the adaki okay. yeah wow i not, was not expecting that from this song that's a <laughs> that's a, quite a number of stories all right thanks gentlemen okay we're going to move on from that weird kangaroo tangent we were just hopping on there and uh move along to a song featuring junior ottawa jhd here i tried googling junior ottawa mostly hockey just like hockey junior hockey stuff <laughs> oh right i was like who's junior ottawa i don't know junior ottawa and then jhd is an acronym that i 
please. Enlighten. <laughs> All right. Do your so, best. A lot yeah. of myster- mystery here. It's, here we go. You ready? Wait, 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 ready? wait, wait. I don't know. I don't know. I think <laughs> the mystery works like wonders. I don't, yeah. I don't know if this is a nut we should really. We don't want to talk about this song. Really crack. Okay, we're just gonna leave it behind. <laughs> what well, we can well, well, Junior Ottawa is a member of Black Bear. Oh, yeah, that's his name. He's also like he won uh, hand drum competitions at at the Gathering of Nations, like the big oh powwow. So oh, okay. he's like he's a, a world renowned uh, champion singer. Okay, so yeah. with okay. Uh, Black Bear, there's there's a bit of a language barrier because they speak their they speak Tikamak, the Tikamak, their own la- their 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 traditional language, and French. And oh. kind of a combination of the two. Oh, so I mean, even like you know, if you you can speak French, you don't. You, even then, you're only getting half of what's going right. on, especially okay. when you're with the whole drum group. Right. Mm. So Junior is this real, real smiley guy. You know, he doesn't say a lot, and he's usually like a, just giving you one of those, <laughs> one of those grins from across the room. And I remember when he came to record this, because he just walked up with his hand drum with that grin on his face. You know started singing and it was just like okay get the get the mics in here we gotta you know, just we're recording this we're putting right. this down like but he knew what he was doing to us yeah right? he knew exactly what he was doing Be- because the session that we were doing they were actually doing we're doing a two-in-one at that time we were recording their powwow record oh and we were and we were recording for our record Oh, you the, the Black Bear Power. Yes, I see. Okay. So then, uh, the hand drum song didn't have no place in the record because it's a it's a power record. So everyone's power. There was no yeah. hand drum songs on it. So that one came sp- spur of the moment, like because Junior wanted to sing. Yeah, <laughs> you were. It, it had no home. It fit on your record. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's a, another cool song, and I appreciate the insight about it. We're going to move on uh, to a song called. Uh, actually, it's it's by uh, Maxida Morak. And I believe it's called Inan. For sure, we. Um, she's Scandinavian. Is that she saw me? Yeah. Saw, saw me. me. Yeah, yeah. We, we were that same trip uh, uh, in France. Uh, we were going through the Ringer on tour, and it was a really bad, really bad, like week or two that we were on tour that time. And um, we come to this festival we we're supposed to play in Norway, and um, we got there at like midnight, one o'clock in the morning, and the sun was still up. Because it was the midnight sun, and yeah. um, we were kind of cranky, and you know, like doesn't seem like you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get on this bus to go to the festival because it's like an hour and a half, two hour trip. So that's right. After ride, the flight, after the flight, those uh, are the worst. Oh, the worst. But this one was amazing. Beautiful. Like it was yeah. probably one of the um, most amazing drives I've ever had in my life. Because we of drove, the scenery. We drove yeah, yeah, along yeah. the ocean the entire Fjords. time. Oh wow. And it was the midnight sun, so the sun was came at it like a the perfect angle. Like we were all kind of like 
sleepy a little bit, but like he couldn't, like it was just this weird feeling, right? And then um, we pull up two hours later to this, I don't even know how to explain it other than like there was this body of water surrounded by the ocean, or I mean surrounded by mountains, sorry. And there was a little gap that went into the ocean. So basically like a, like a big, Inlet. yeah. And in the middle of it was this dock that went that was and it went right straight down the middle to the somewhere into the middle of the water and on the dock was eight fishing huts and that's where we stayed for a week you stayed in the fishing huts in the middle of the ocean they were dope though like they fit people like they had like <laughs> three rooms so you had like a living room where people could sleep there was like upstairs there was two beds there was two bunk beds downstairs but it was like a in a space like this big. Oh, I see. Like so it, it was, was a hut. Yeah, but it was a deluxe hut. Yeah, yep. I mean more than people. Really, think really, it with, was comfortable with Wi-Fi. Come on, yeah. What are you gonna and wa- grass roofs and grass, grass roofs. roofs. A hu- oh well, that would help with the Wi-Fi because it'll permeate. <laughs> <laughs> like I, oh, you know, you're in your house and the okay, the Wi-Fi can't get through the walls. If you have a hut, that's a smart move. But it's also, you're on Wi-Fi. a dock too, so oh. the so the the water, the tide would go in and out, and you, so hear, you can it. hear the waves. Where's the uh, modem? Where's the wi- Where's I the router? Have, I don't even clue. know. But I know that <laughs> in order that we walked in the dock, we got attacked by birds on the way there. <laughs> attacked by birds? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you mean they? They, they, they must have like been eggs or something. Really? Must have been their family around there. thing. Wow. So, anyways, we were. We get there and we're like, wow, we can't be really be mad anymore. And yes. then, like, after seeing all of that. Yes. And um, we were playing this festival called Redo Redo. And um, it's an indigenous festival yeah. that they were holding in northern Norway. So it was, and then we met Maxita there. Oh, you that's where you met. Okay. So she, I met her at, uh, we were eating in the common eating room. Mm-hmm. We were eating there and she was sitting on her laptop um, mixing a song. And we kind of kind of stroke up like a little conversation. And then she was saying that, you know, she's doing it for nine months. This is her ninth month of doing it. And uh, she was going to be performing. Doing what for nine months? Uh, being an oh, artist. Oh, just that was her ninth month. Her ninth oh. month, yeah. Look at you meeting people in northern Norway. <clears throat> right. Good for you. Right. Yeah. So then oh, everybody there were like amazing people yeah. there, like amazing artists from all walks of indigenous life. And it was like life changing and the, exactly what we needed because we were in Europe, you know, where there wasn't really too many brown people or even like indigenous people. Like we just felt like not at home. Sure. And the moment that we got onto that land, it felt like home. And we were surrounded by people that, you know, were like family that became family. So Bear, did you all send her this beat? Is this how this, how did this song actually come to be? We had we, the last three months. Yeah, it was another one of those ones where last we had gotten. Last three months was really crucial. We had gotten some stuff from her when we were in Norway and we had started on something, but it was very, very preliminary. And uh, do we yeah. make some of it in Winnipeg? Yeah, yeah. We there's a version, the first version of the song. We actually used tried to like use Maxita's like banks of vocals that she gave us because they do these things. They, she does this uh, performance called a yoik, mm-hmm. and that's basically what you're hearing. A yoik, uh, a yoik. Yeah. It's yeah. the traditional songs that Sami people use to call their reindeer. Oh, their traditional reindeer herders. Oh, and it's a particular. Every every like reindeer herder has their own song that their reindeer will like learn and follow them when they like sing. There's yorks for everything. So like when you're um, when you're born, somebody will write a yoik for you. 
Interesting. And stuff like that. So it's it's like a it's a lot like powwow singing in that it's not words, it's vocables. Right. Um, right. I see. But that well. also carry these different meanings. Had you encountered a yoik before? Yeah. No, I hadn't heard. I one. haven't heard one before. So this whole performance is a is a yoik. Yeah. Yeah. And is there some significance to this particular yoik? You mentioned, you know, people use it to herd reindeer or when when you're born. Do you know what the significance of No, no. I mean, she, it's called you said it's the word for actually, earth. Actually, earth. Yeah. Actually, yeah, she she just called it track 6. <laughs> and you know, and that's and that's when she gave me like when she gave me like a USB full of of her yoiks of our like, seven tracks of it. Yeah. This was like track 6 or track 5 oh. or something like that. Yeah. So then yeah, we just just picked it up and then um built chords around it again analog sounds like super analogy and mm. then like uh with some like chord generators or something to make it sound so patty i guess yeah and then yeah we based that all around her yoik and then it went through like in some weird inception a really slow song and we tried to make it like aggressive and then this was the in- this was the intro to one of the versions of the song yes then we just mean we made it the entire song. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's also since we're going through through firsts and lasts, it's the last song to be added to the album. I think. Yeah, that three it month was a, thing. Yeah, because we were we, we were basically coming to the coming to the end where we were going to add the song or not because we were supposed to get a verse from her because she's a rapper too. Yes, I read that. Yeah. Yeah. So we were supposed to get a verse from her, and um, she was just on a really heavy touring schedule, and then. Um, I decided, I think, or we all decided pretty much to like trick out the beat a little bit more and kind of make it more of a song. And it's it was meant to be an interlude, more than anything. And then it, and then we just decided to give it its own name. Do you see uh, any connection between Maxita and Lido in any way? Like, do you see any complementary aspect to what they do? Other than being like super badass <laughs> women. Um, the, the, I think they're, they're they're two different people for sure. No, no, yeah, no. I yeah. I can see that. I just mean in terms of the way you've got two, you've at least two. This is a very uh, a prominent place for women. This record has is very very there's women in very prominent places on your record, it, and a lot of it, a lot of the singing is very um, because in some ways you can't uh, if you don't know the language you're connecting to it purely on an emotional level. Yeah, and I feel like in some ways. It probably is happenstance, but I feel like there's a similar wavelength to a few of the the contributors to your record. Like yeah. they seem to be in the same a similar place. The the women presence on the album was intentional to make it to be that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Being mindful of being a bunch of dudes. Yeah. It's, it's kinda sucks being dudes sometimes, doesn't it? <laughs> Just like a bunch of dudes doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. We're gonna move on to a song featuring uh, Jennifer Kreisberg who is based in North Carolina, I believe, yeah. right? Yeah, Jennifer Kreisberg. This is a song called The Muse.
Bear knew Jennifer for a very long time. That's it? Bear? Yeah. How do you know? Bear, Bear I went to the wrong guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, Bear, how do you know Jennifer? Uh, yeah, I've known her since I was like uh, in my teens. Um, there used to be a group called uh, Ulali hmm. um, that Jen was a part of. And uh, briefly, my mom was was a part of as well. Um, and so they, they were like uh, traditional songs uh, from the, uh, like North Carolina kind of area. Um, but they, the big difference in what they were doing was uh, doing like four-part harmonies on traditional songs, which does that's normally not seen. Right. Um, so that real kind of like bluesy element to what she brings to the muse, like that's that's kind of what what they were doing. Okay. Um, and in this, you know, we kind of asked her to to step out of her norm. Really, I mean, like she she does this like either you know like traditional vocal bowls with this very bluesy element to it, um, but to make this pop song to write English lyrics was something that was really different for her mm. and was her for her stepping out of her comfort zone to to collaborate with something on us. With so us. she she felt comfortable with you enough with you to get out of her comfort zone. Mm -hmm. It was it was tough. Yeah. It was tough. We we had As a session. It was tough. Yes, we had we had a couple couple days with mm -hmm. her, and uh, we were we were super patient and with her, and like and she was patient with us, and we kind of like uh, really like worked together to like help each other take this song to the next place. And because she's such a powerhouse of a singer, we had to like we had to step our game up. You know, and this yeah. was like one of the first sessions we've ever had when creating of this record, I think. Like one of the first ones after Lido. Right. It might have been, yeah. Yeah, it was at that same studio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then like uh if it it was like a it it was the record that we needed for the album and it, we always needed it for this record and I don't know, and it just it, it just it worked out really well yeah. to me. Like it was No, it's like, a lovely song. I just it, it does do you do you think of it as an anomaly on the record? Does it feel like I'm not saying it's not out of place, <laughs> but I'm just curious. Yeah, I it's, mean, it does for me. It sticks out. It's it's uh, it's a love song. So in that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a certain warmth to it, and uh, like I say, it has a slight poppy framework. That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. I was super nervous working with her because, like, I looked up to her for a long oh, time. Okay, like I grew up listening to Yulali. Oh, okay. And um, it was um. This has been a very educational experience for you, hasn't it? You mentioned Saul and you have no Jennifer. idea. No, I do. I'm, yeah, I, yeah, what yeah. I, I must have some idea. I said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I wouldn't have said yeah, that. True. So I can kind of tell. Getting a little comfortable here. Now. <laughs> well, it's hot. I'm yeah. sweating a little bit. I'm in my comfort zone. Yeah. No, it's a great song, and uh, I, it's uh, thanks for the backstory on that. I think we should move on. Is everyone cool with that? Yeah. yeah. Indian City again, Black Bear. This song was kind of a blur, I think. <laughs> this was probably one of the songs that was just kind of like, it, it just happened so quick mm. and it happened so fast. I remember cutting, like the chopping it up into making the song and then um, the genius part is adding the break part when we were all together in the last three months, we added like this this break 
fast break part into the song. Yeah, and yeah. Adding the bass to it was probably the most. I remember it was hard to land on a, like a specific yeah. sound, but yeah, this was um we we meant for this to be one of our higher energy songs that we had for the record. This might seem like a dumb question, uh, but I ask dumb questions sometimes, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. Did you want to say something further? Uh, and I also want to just say, like, we kept in mind because we have dancers on the road who are who are b boys and b girls. Like, yes. So this song, we kind of like designed it. I feel like, or with that intention of like having them having a nice spot to break and to do like right. a, a, a really good performance on that part. Is there anything about your beat patterns? Uh, and I'm speaking generally. This song just it, it reminded me of this thought I had as I listened to this record. Is there anything about the beat patterns that you want to talk about in terms of how they might relate to the culture that you're representing? Because some of the beat patterns, certainly on R.E.D. or something, I, I relate to it as a hip hop fan. Yeah, there are certain rhythmic patterns here that I can I, I understand them. I can relate to them as a someone who appreciates. I'm a drummer, so I can kind of figure that stuff out, but is there something you're conveying in your choice of patterns? Again, it's a very big question, but are you are you calling upon your history or your culture in coming up with certain kinds of patterns? For sure. You are. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like I, I always keep in mind of like uh, how how I would dance on a record, I guess sometimes, and how fast it should go and how the pattern should be. Yeah. Um, but more so, this is basically just because of like years and years and years, like the last couple of years of touring with these guys and like hearing jungle and hearing different kinds of like like great music that you know I've was never exposed to. Right. So it's a comedy. I think no matter what comes out of what my hands, it just feels like you know like it it, it will always have that that feeling to it regardless and it's just like mixing it in with the knowledge of like in in the direction of like baronian like just of of genre and like what kind of style and stuff Mm -hmm. is basically how it shapes around right i'd say like the history there's a history and culture that's informing the song but it might not be the first one that you're thinking of oh it's like it's rave culture yes no this is this is a jungle song it is our our interpretation of a jungle song right you know and like even that name indian city it like reminds me of you know growing up in toronto when i was listening to that kind of music and Mm -hmm. you know we went when we went to shoot this video we shot it and you know it down around fort york you know it's in it's in downtown toronto so it's just that that kind of feeling of we were part of this too Right. Okay. I appreciate that. Okay. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to a very, very powerful song featuring uh, Northern Voice, Shad, and Leonard Sumner. It's called How I Feel. Imagine the pain in the mother's heart when life takes a turn for the worse and creators art becomes another canvas that will never be completed. I'm a few degrees away and a thousand times defeated. My energy's depleted, but I want to stand and fight. Swinging with the spirits that have traveled back into the light. I feel the tears and depression, fears and aggression. Woven in society from years of oppression. The violence is normalized, silence is horrifying. Truth is denied and the fact is that more are dying. And you don't have to tell me how you feel. Cause I can hear it in their cries.
vocalist on this song really steps up. It's unbelievable. I saw Leonard Sumner for the first time this past summer at the Hillside Festival in Guelph, and just mind-blowingly, just I, I can't even articulate mm. how great he was and how I'm like, oh, well, there's my highlight of the weekend, of everything. <laughs> like this guy, uh, from what I saw, is a, a folk-oriented artist, but a real hip-hop guy, uh, blending the, the two in a very compelling way. Tell me more about uh, how I feel. Um, I want to go to Ian again yeah. because I feel like we've left Ian out of this a little bit. Ian, this is a it's a banger, if I might say. What, sure. What can you say about this song? Um, so Leonard, this is like Leonard wrote this song and came to us with this, and we were in Winnipeg when we when we laid this down. And uh, again, it was one of those situations where um, we we got this this recording from Leonard put a beat behind it didn't really know where it was going and then uh then we got shad on it and then we kind of figured out after the 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 beat that goes with it it was like a very slow uh very different beat that they recorded to oh and then we took what they recorded and then remade a beat for to match what they recorded oh interesting yeah that's the same thing that that happened with uh with sila and stuff like that like uh yeah, this back and forth. Sort oh, of thing. I see. Okay. Yeah. They had one frame of reference. You shifted it. Yeah. yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Without them even knowing, by the sounds of it. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, right away, I wanted to get Chad and Leonard like physically in the studio together. Oh, okay. Um, not just because I thought that they would sound good together, but I realized they were both guitarists. Yes. So yes. When yes. we actually brought them in the studio, there's a whole other song that has both of them playing guitar. Like a totally separate song from this one? No, no, oh, no. This, oh, oh, this, this song oh, oh, in a totally different version. I see. Where, where, you know, that was part of the collaborative process that got us here, though, was right. this idea of getting these two guys in the studio, not just not just to record as, as MCs, but to, you know, to actually collaborate as yeah. artists, uh, as, as musicians as well, as MCs. Go ahead, Tim. Well, some little, like, little quick thing about it is that we, because the, the beat that we made initially with the guitar playing on it was kind of mellowish versus what this is yeah the, the verses kind of came out a little like not so aggressive i yeah, guess softer yeah yeah so what we did was like amazing that uh we we had a guy who mixed the record his name is dan weston i that was my big thing i was like we need to like make these more aggressive yeah uh, somehow so he put saturation on it so you made the vocals like pop, like yeah, grittier, a li- little bit more, li- yeah, yeah, like that. So yeah, that was that was the cool thing about that, like that I remember that, and I remember when I played it to Leonard for the first time because I lived in Winnipeg when he, and that's where he's from. So I would, uh, I think I had a draft of it, and we listened to it, and he's like, "I want to re-record it and be more aggressive," and I'm like, "No, man, it's." It, it, I'll fix it. Watch, like I'll we'll, we'll fix it, and right? We, and we did that to it, and he's like, "Yeah, this is good." This is another instance on a, a record where, and I want to be careful how I word this, but there's there's a couple of instances on this record where you have artists who are speaking about your culture, your history, who that's not necessarily their culture and their history. It resonates with them, the struggle, uh, the stories. This is a really fascinating version of, of this kind of dynamic because you have Leonard speaking, I think, from a first-person point of view, and you have Shad representing a, an external point of view, if if you will. Why is that dynamic important to include 
in a song. I, I, I'm just curious if that was purposeful or just this notion of we want Shad and Leonard in a room. But this song has a weird call and response aspect to it. It's called How I Feel. And on one hand, Shad is saying, I know how you feel, you know. That's powerful. And I just, it's an observation I made. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if anyone can speak to it as in terms of a dynamic structure. I think a lot of it came from knowing that Shad was the right person to be on the track. You know, we already knew what Leonard had written. So we couldn't just have anybody feature uh, to be the other feature on that song. You know, we knew it had to be somebody who could write to that uh, caliber. Yes. And just to that same, to to be informed enough. And sensitive enough. And se- exactly. Sensitive. And sensitive yeah, yeah, enough yeah. to be able to, to tackle that topic. Exactly. Say it, from the outside. Because it's such a dangerous place to be yes to have people from the outside yes um chiming in it could be really scary um but not when you have somebody like shad yes yeah <laughs> no you've got a as he says in the song he's he's like a phd in a suit you know like he he is a wise young man so i think yeah. he's not young anymore yeah. i gave him a little too much credit <laughs> he's not shad's my buddy i can say yeah you're old now shad yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and with that song like that was a that was instance where we're like uh we had to take their vocals and remake a whole new beat around it yeah so we took the energy of what they were saying and created this my favorite song on the album just like a moody uh urgent um you know kind of record yeah it's a it's a song that i I, it's a dangerous thing to say but i do think it kind of encapsulates a lot of what you all do Mm. uh as a tribe called red it's got many different flavors and qualities that we associate with you and it's one of the most uh, you use the word saturated but it feels like it captures all your elements in some way Mm -hmm. very well so i I thank you for that we've uh discussed the next song on the record more or less already for you the light part two with lido we didn't touch on it at all is that there's uh, almost the whole album is represented in, in that track as far as our collaborators go oh that's the last song no that's oh a, sorry that's yeah. a lie nation I sorry I'm yeah, jumping, no, ahead. I'm jumping ahead you're now. jumping ahead now no no <laughs> no for you the light part two right, right, is right, right, the right. essentially the what we established as far as we know it's the English version, version of the light and it has a more uh, assertive I'd say vocal approach as well well well, the crazy thing about that is that, you know, we, we meant to release two versions of The Light or switch up uh, the vocals within it, like make it, you know, go from uh, Spanish to to English. It meant to have that at first, but then, you know, like her performance on the original was so powerful that we just said we had to keep it. Yeah, I can't help but picture her in the studio singing this particular version of this. Yeah. I, can, I can just imagine the intensity there. Yeah. It's a really... She, yeah. Yeah. It, it was something she brought to the table that she wanted to do. She had two versions of the song, and she was writing that English version as we were kind of recording it. Yeah. And it was the last thing we recorded in her session, and we kind of kept it in the back. <coughs> and uh, we had it, and we didn't know what to do with it. Mm. We were just going to scrap it, I think, at one point. But then, like... Uh, I remember us getting like for you like that's that was a really powerful 
like chant that she was doing like she was singing something really like really powerful it was like a it's really stood out from the english version so we took that piece and kind of designed uh the light part two out of it the production's amazing as well like i will say i mean we talked about leto's performance but the production's fantastic as well so yeah i'm glad you made the decision to keep it <laughs> yeah it's really fantastic that's that's another one that's from the final days of working on it too where we had we had hit you know in that last few weeks we finally hit this 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 our stride really like we were making tracks happen in no time like that that indian city track came together like were you on an external deadline by chance no no we were, we were, oh. we were on our personal there was a lot of there was a lot of pressure yes. there was a lot of pressure yeah, yeah, to, yes. to wrap it up yes but it wasn't the pressure that got us there it was the fact that we had found we had found our sweet spot when you get in that zone, yeah, when yeah. you get in that creative end zone, <laughs> not like an end zone in football, but yeah, when you're in that place, you just want to, you know, milk it. Yeah, so yeah, you want to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and the great thing about that sweet spot is that it still exists like today. Yes. Like, now that we know where it now is. Now we know yeah. where it is. Right. So like, you know, like just to give it kind of context, we worked on something recently and it we, we nailed it out in like six hours. I want to ask a bit about your future plans in a moment as we're almost done the record. So yeah. I, I do want to finish because this has been quite the exercise. I hope yeah. you found this somewhat enjoyable. Yeah, yeah man. Somewhat. Yeah. yeah. No one no one upped the ante and said, no, it was totally enjoyable. <laughs> Let's go with somewhat. <laughs> we're going to go now to uh, John Trudell Returns. We have Lido again, Northern Voice, and Tanya Tagak. As you, this is a... This is like the the curtain call, the finale, uh, essentially. Yeah. Ally Nation, uh, which is uh, in juxta in opposition, I think, to Hallucination. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Nation, the human beings, the people, see the spiritual in the natural, through sense and feeling. Everything is related. All the things of earth and in the sky have spirit. Everything is sacred. Confronted by the alien nation, the subjects and the citizens see the material religions through trauma and numb. Nothing is related. All the things of the earth and in the sky have energy to be exploited even themselves, mining their spirits into souls sold, into nothing is sacred, not even their self. The Ally Nation, Alia Nation. Let's talk about this, this dynamic between Loose Nation, Ally Nation, and what this piece represents. Bear, Bear, do you want to try? Well, I guess part of the reason I jumped ahead of the game there is because we made these songs running into one another. Ah. Uh, oh yes, that's true. That does and the, the actual the sample that we have, the for you sample, gets slowed down and that's slowed right. down and yeah. becomes part of the Ally Nation. I see. Okay. Yeah, and that kind of like started the like the collaborate like we got to throw everybody on this track yeah that's what that started i feel like because you know we had her and then we we did we had john came back. john came back for the sec and then we had uh was everyone in the room no no and then when the Tan when tanya sent us tracks she did it over two beats so we had a whole session of hers that we didn't use that we actually use live a lot 
Mm-hmm. And, but we didn't use uh, but we didn't use that one. So right. then that's where that one comes back in. And we even put Stu in there mm-hmm. uh, from Oka. Oh, so he's in there somewhere. And then um, Didgeri Stu. That's right. Didgeri Stu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's in there too. So it is like a. It is a total like encapsulation of everyone. <laughs> Most of the people who figure heavily on the record. Yeah, well, this this is Lido's son's favorite record. Oh, really? So yeah, we should get his son and her son and my son to have a duel about their favorite songs. <laughs> yeah. My son is very opinionated about his favorite songs on this record. Oh, they keep ch- he's got like five favorite songs on your record now. Anyway, so um, cool. what about what John's saying here? Can we talk about that? What he, is what is he getting at with his spiel in this song? The other side of the coin. Right. This yeah. is. So is this the future part? This is the this is what the, you have the hallucination on one side and you have the ally nation on the other side. Right, and this is the but is this the uh, if I remember correctly this is the future, isn't it? Like it's it's what the future could it's, be. It's it's multi layered. It's okay. the future. It's now. It's the past. <laughs> okay. It's looking at all those things together. Have you seen the Back to the Future films? Yes. No, because never. Never? You've not <laughs> seen them? <Come> on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe there was a Back to the like, Future thing I happening. I probably have a Back to the Future. Do you have a Back to the Future patch? No. Or a but- no, yeah, the closest but- I got is uh, Westworld. Oh, yeah, there but you go. That's, yeah. If I'm wearing a Westworld pin, I've seen Back to the Future. So there's a, a science fiction aspect to this record that we've yeah. touched upon a little bit. Totally. But uh, that that's something that people need to delve for, myself included. I did not clue into that. Science, sci-fi. Your sci-fi fans, you like science fiction. Is that fair to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for absolutely. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so this is some fantastical realm. Is it? Is it a? Is it a warning about anything? This record. Well, like the uh, ally nation. So when you look at it um, with the words, at, at putting them together, you have a hallucination, something that's not real, something that, that you can't see, something yes. that's... Right. Right? And then you have the alienation or being alienated and being left alone. So being, like, alienated and having the alienation are both, like, the feeling of being left alone yes. and the oppressive force that's attacking the, the hallucination, the right. nation that, that was put onto us because we're known as a people that they can't see. Right. More more wow. than More than yeah. a... a a warning it's it's a dream i think hmm. you know it's, nightmare it's or dream a, well i mean i think the dream is 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 the positive part of it i mean you know it's coming out of a nightmare right. it's realizing that you know there's a lot of worry and concern about where the world is today and that you know the word like things like tipping point get thrown around a lot but and it's realizing that tipping point just has as much positive as there is negative to it you know that there is that it means that we're at a point where there's you know things are going to go one way or the other. But to be there, you already have to have a lot of people on one side. Right. Oh, I see. So it's about you know looking towards our future with with a certain amount of um, positivity. Looking at these dark times is not just dark, but as something to overcome, something that can be overcome, that will be overcome. You know, so much of science fiction. Um, has become reality in our lifetimes. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we can take control of that energy and start looking and and creating um, worlds of our own that reflect a place where we'd like to see yes. things be, yes. well, then maybe we can be contributing to a different future in that way. Okay. I can see the optimism there. Okay. I appreciate that. We end uh, the record with Soon. This is The Return of Jack, uh, voiced by Joseph Boyden. Thanks, fellas, for listening all these years, for taking my calls. Our DNA is earth and sky after all. 
I'll see you three as soon as I'm out. Hope, Ona. Much love, brother. Stay strong. All right, Jack. Peace. Please stay on the line. You guys, is this you? You're actually on the record. Are you? Is this your first vocal appearance on this record? That's it. Uh, there's one other very Where? brief. One. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> we didn't bring it up, but during uh, during how I feel, um, there's a. The part where it comes to the protest. Oh yes, and everyone. Just, protest. Oh yes, that's, that's, actually, uh, that's us. the three of us. That's you as well. Along, along with my uh, girlfriend Joy. I yeah. see. Got okay. Pulled into it. Okay. Well, I mean, I didn't realize that. Not credited. <laughs> not credited. <laughs> While we uh, spill the beans there. So soon. What do you want to say about soon? This is a. Uh, again, the first uh, appearance of Jack was before. This is soon. What I appreciate about these is like the the two uh, Joseph uh, Boyden pieces is the the recognition of indigenous people in jail, and having this this uh, understanding that uh, uh, we're we're jailed in this horrible unbalanced way. Like we're you know we only make up two percent of the population, but we're over twenty five percent of the incarcerated right. in, in the in the country. Right. So being able to be reflected and and showing. Um, the incarcerated indigenous people that we were thinking about them and they're on they're on the album and they're not forgotten i think is is a really cool aspect and that that's put on this album there's an automated voice at the end that recites two phone numbers are those legitimate phone numbers yeah and yeah. what are those numbers for you haven't called them not yet. Well, I have a bad long now, distance this plan. Is, this, is some, this is some research. you got to go yeah, and call them. I was going to call them, but I also, you know, I got in trouble for calling 976 lines for my dad when I was a kid. Uh, I try not to call a number if I don't know where it is. Like, what are these called? Like, I was just trying to talk Fair to me, Gene Okerlund. I would call, them, <laughs> nice. you'd call the wrestling lines, nice. and you'd be like, oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the Macho Man, just like a pre-recorded thing. And my dad's like, it cost me $55. What are you doing? So I don't call a number. My point is... I don't just call numbers willy-nilly anymore. My dad gets mad. Yeah, but actually, we don't live together anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what are the numbers? <laughs> right, do I? Does everyone have to call these numbers? Everyone should call the numbers. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So, like, the the uh, yeah, leave it at that. You're yeah. gonna leave it at that. <laughs> leave it at that. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Oh. Oh. By the way, I, I called that number too. The Gene Okerlund. Yeah, yeah, line, the wrestling line. Yeah, 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 they called the wrestling line. Yeah, no, I no, used no, to call I them didn't. and I'd get in trouble. I got permission. <laughs> I did not have permission. I didn't know it cost money. It my, uh, it's, it's like my son. He keeps ordering games on the iPad. Oh, and yeah. And we're like, what the hell? Why are there 100 games on this? I just clicked them. <laughs> anyway, uh, gentlemen, this was, uh, this was great. Um, thank you for this. Oh, the one thing we didn't really talk about uh, are your future plans. Um, you talked about uh, being in the sweet zone still. Is that what you called it? Sweet zone? Sweet spot. Sweet, sweet spot. spot. Yeah. I like sweet zone. Sweet zone. It sounds like a candy store. Are you, or Sonic. Are you actively working on stuff? Uh, no. Actually, we haven't. You've been what, touring what, like mad, right? Right. Yeah. But, but I will say this. Um, how the album started is that we began collecting content for the record. And then those last three months, we basically put it all together. So there's going to become a time when we become activated where we basically start collecting again. Right. And then when that happens, I have a that's when I think, you know, our our best work is yet to come. Yeah, our next project will come out of that. Okay. Yeah. Is there one single song from this record that we can play for people right now just so they can hear what we we've, we've been playing little clips and talking about everything is if there's one thing we could go out on now, what would it be? I'm this is going to be a weird consensus decision. Bear. Bear. 
Bear, can you pick the song? I always say the hallucination because that's the one thing that the first thing. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what you that's what you need to hear about this album if you want to understand what we're trying to to do. Okay. So this is John Trudell and Northern Voice and a Tribe Called Red with We Are the Hallucination, the title track from this fantastic record. Congratulations on this. Thank you so much. And thank you for this. I know it uh, it wasn't uh, always easy, but I, I appreciate your time, and I wish you the best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you. Thank Thanks. You. Thank you. We are the tribe that they cannot see. We live on an industrial reservation. We are the Halusa Nation. We have been called the Indians. We have been called Native American. We have been called hostile. We have been called pagan. We have been called militant. We have been called many names. We are the Halusa Nation. We are the human beings. The callers of names cannot see us, but we can see them. Nation. Our DNA is of earth and sky. Our DNA is of past and future. We are the hallucination. We are the evolution. The continuation. Alusa Nation. Halusa Nation. Hey, that was the 347th episode of Creative Control, which is uh, part of the Antica Podcast Network and is available on iTunes, Audio Boom, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Overcast, among others. If you can't find an episode or wish to learn more about me, please visit my website, vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Vish Creative or me at Vishkana. Listen to a radio show version of Creative Control on Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time around the world at CFRU.ca or on an actual radio at 93.3 FM if you're in or near Guelph. Please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible 
monthly donation. And if you like, take a look at the t-shirts we have for sale. I will send you, they're not for sale, I'll send you a t-shirt if you pledge uh, money to the show. Just send me a note if you want a t-shirt, we'll figure it out. This episode would not be possible without our sponsors, Pizza Trocadero, whom you can call for pickup or delivery at 519-829-2444, or check them out at trocaderoguelph.ca. The Bookshelf, an independently owned bookstore, bar, music venue, and movie theater, located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Learn more about them at bookshelf.ca. Planet Bean, freshly roasted, fair trade, certified organic coffee. For more information, visit planetbeancoffee.com. Granddad's Donuts, located at 574 James Street North in Hamilton, Ontario. Great Donuts, visit granddads.ca for more info about them. And have a whole meal's worth of ingredients delivered right to your Canadian home. Visit hellofresh.ca and use the promo code CREATIVE50. That's creative with a K, 5-0, for 50% off your first order. All right, that's it for me for another show. Thanks for listening. Please continue to do so. Tell your friends to listen. Review the show. Rate the show. Subscribe to the show. Download episodes of the show. Haven't had a, an iTunes review or rating in a while. I don't know if it matters, but uh, apparently it does with the algorithm stuff. I don't know. I don't know what any of what I just said even means. Just listen. You're doing fine. You've listened this far. What more can I ask? I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.